Welcome to Locked On Gators, your daily Florida Gators podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. Make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. You can also follow my co-host, Demetrius Harvey, at Demetrius82. Demetrius, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? I hope you uh, enjoyed our first episode of the Locked On Gators podcast yesterday. Uh, we had a lot of fun, so uh, I'm just glad that you guys are sticking around and listening to our voices every single day. Yeah, well, you know, we type a lot, but we're excited to be back on here on the airwaves, uh, and we're excited to already have a lot of people listening, it seems. So if, you, uh, if you're if you already on Twitter, make sure to follow both of us. Stick around and follow the Lockdown Gators handle as well as the Sports Illustrated All Gators handle. You can find those at Lockdown Gators and at SI underscore All Gators. And while you're at it, go ahead and check and see if you are subscribed on just about any podcasting platform that's out there. Now, today's show, we're going to be diving in on a couple of things. First, we talked a little bit about Kyle Trask last night, Florida's quarterback. We want to go a little more in-depth as to just what kind of growth and leadership we've seen out of him through two games this season in what's been the start of what could very well be a Heisman campaign. We also are going to dive in on some quotes that we've gotten from players and coaches alike throughout the day-to-day. It is Monday that we're recording this, and we talked to plenty. Uh, we're specifically going to go through the quotes that we got from linebacker Amari Bernie on his struggles so far uh, and what it's been like translating to the linebacker position on a full-time basis to really get an understanding as to what's going on, not just with him, but that position and the defense in general. And following that, we'll look at the quotes that we got from quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator Brian Johnson on U.S. run game and how they can make it a little bit more consistent moving forward. But we'll go ahead and dive in on Kyle Trask. Demetrius, we talked a lot during the offseason getting ready for this season. Uh, your first time covering the Gators. You watched very objectively, and, you know, in Kyle Trask, you saw a good quarterback. You weren't sure if you saw a great one yet. Through two games, what has he done that has seemingly improved to you? Yeah, I mean, just going back to my thoughts on Kyle last season. So, for me, I, I wasn't an avid watcher of Gators football. And by that, I mean I wasn't a guy covering the team. I wasn't a vested fan. Uh, just so everybody knows, I went to FAU. I'm a diehard FAU Alice fan. I mean, I know that we're not the Florida Gators, but we nearly beat them a few years ago, just throwing that out there. Um, Lane Kiffin come back. So I was sort of able to get more of an objective view of Kyle and how he sort of played. And like like I was saying before, it, it seemed as though a guy like Dan Mullen was able to come in, become that quarterback guru that he's always been. I mean, just like at Mississippi State, just like at Utah, he's been able to develop and grow quarterbacks to new heights. It seemed as though to me that Kyle was more of a product of that more so than he was an ascending quarterback in this league. And now it, it it's almost as if, okay, well, a little bit has changed. So his ball placement seems better. His pocket presence seems improved. He seems to hit his targets downfield. I mean, he's possessed some sort of leadership tra- traits that I've seen at least over the past couple games and from what he said and what from from what Dan Mullen has said. So it's just been interesting to watch his improvement from year one to year two, uh, it, especially when you consider how he looked in the pocket last season. He had a few fumbles that were a little bit too much. It, 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 it just seemed as though 
maybe this guy wasn't the guy. And now I'm starting to take a different tune. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I had this similar issues coming into the season, how we handled pressure, mobility as a passer. And, you know, Lamar Jackson jokes aside, none of us expected him to be a true dynamic rushing threat. Um, leadership traits, you know, I, covering the team last year, I did see the team kind of like circle around him and respect him as a leader already. So I kind of saw that, but he has taken it to a new level. Um, as well as, you know, chemistry, ball play, placement, all of these types of things, you know, they've had a, they kind of all come together. Uh, I've said it to you before, that play against Ole Miss where he rolled out to the left, did a quick reset, and uh, hit Kyle Pitts out on the boundary. <clears throat> Sorry. Pitts had run a post route on that play, and as soon as Kyle had to escape and roll left, which is something that he's not totally comfortable doing as a righty, uh, Pitts was able to work his way back outside on an emergency route and find a way to get open, and Kyle squeezed it in. It was the type of throw that you did not see these two even these two, like these two guys that have this elite chemistry, you didn't really see that happen last year. And he made it, and it looked very easy to him in his first game. So that was kind of his growth in a nutshell to me within that play. But there's certainly, like you said, a lot of different things that have stood out so far where, you know, you start to wonder, you know, he, is he truly elevating this team? Like last year, we did think that maybe he was elevated by what the talent that was around him. But I don't know. It's starting to look the other way around now, right? Yeah, I mean, well, well, when you consider it, it, look at who they had last year. They had four NFL, well, now NFL talent wide receivers. Josh Hammond, Van Jefferson, Freddie Swain, Tyree Cleveland. Every single one of them are in the NFL. I don't care if they're on the practice squad. I don't care if they're on the 53-man roster. They're there in some capacity. Inactive. Yeah, they're in the NFL in some capacity, and that's and that's the point. If you look at that, you would expect a guy like Kyle Trask to be the one that was being elevated. Obviously, if you have this much talent surrounded, you have Dan Mullen calling the offense, you have the, the, the Michael P. Ryan, who's an NFL running back now, talent is elevating Kyle Trask to uh, me. A future first-round pick at tight end that was identified as such as a sophomore. Exactly. But yeah. I'm saying all of this because this year is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have those superstar not superstar he doesn't have those nfl talent caliber players at least from what we've seen in terms of are they going to make it and i'm saying that because they're not proven so trayvon grimes i know he's been around he hasn't been the belt he hasn't been the guy at wide receiver jo uh, jacob copeland same thing Kadarius tony even the injuries last year i mean can you really say that trask was elevated by tony not playing and I believe four games last year, mm -hmm. it, 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 it's one of those things where now he's able to take those guys, utilize them however he wants, and it's working. And that's a credit to Trask and his leadership ability. His come in dry on an offseason where none of these guys were hanging out too much. Maybe they had their little workouts every now and then. I think Pitt said that he met up with Kyle throughout the, the offseason at least a couple times. But it's not like these guys had organized team activities at all. COVID was here. These guys, uh, they barely had a fall. Dan Mullen was talking about that. They barely had time to really do much during the week, during the fall. And it's just been impressive to me how much he is elevating these guys. And and, and it's a credit to him. And I'll, I'll give him the kudos. Uh, he's thus far only two games in, proving me wrong. 
He's truly elevated the offense. I'll tell you what's not been elevated, though, is Florida's defense. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about a specific player on the defense who met with us tonight. That is Amari Bernie. His quotes on moving towards the linebacker position full-time as well as how he can improve. All right, guys. It's time to get real. I'm sick and tired of going to the storefronts, looking for a car part, and I can't find it. I don't care how many different cars there are in America right now. And no, I don't want to wait 10 business days for you to find my part either. I'm over it. That's why I've started to go on rockauto.com. I don't even have to leave my place. I can just log on, find my part, and get it. On top of having to wait forever at a store, they upcharge you upwards to 30, 50, maybe 100% more than rockauto.com. That's ridiculous. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write in locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Rockauto.com. Make your life easier. Make the storefront's life harder. Go get your stuff. Rockauto.com. And how do you feel you're doing there? Do you like it better, different, still? Oh, uh, I like it, but um, I got to step it up. Uh, these past two weeks have been unacceptable for me uh, personally. You know, um, just talking with the coaches, uh, my parents, uh, watching film, it's been acceptable on my part, just being a starter and not doing my job. What's the parameter for unacceptable? Uh, just the plays I'm leaving on the field, uh, not making the plays that I want to make, uh, doing the wrong um, things on the field, uh, not being physical, not getting off blocks, things like that. That was Florida Gators linebacker Amari Bernie speaking with the media on Monday night about his struggles so far throughout two games this season, and he was also speaking to us about his transition to linebacker. So as Bernie said, you know, this is truly his first time as a three-down player playing on first and second downs as well as thirds, uh, taking on the linebacker position full-time next to Ventrell Miller. Now, he did sub around a little bit in this past game since they had James Houston back, as well as... Uh, Muhammad Diabate got into the game a good bit. Uh, but Bernie is the starter there, and so far, he said it, things haven't been looking too good. They really haven't for him. And, and perhaps perhaps everybody should take a little bit of a look at what transpired last season. So last year, he was playing a lot of star. He wasn't playing a lot of first down, second down linebacker. It's not as he if he's been too. in this position, and he was hurt. So it's not as if he's been in this position very often. And so when you see him maybe have a lapse in, in what he was supposed to do, be confused on a play, uh, miss a tackle on a certain angle because he wasn't in the right place, there, there's a lot of that sort of stuff that is really just you got to get those lumps out. Like I was saying earlier about Trask, Bernie didn't have an offseason either. He didn't have a spring to practice this position. He barely had a fall to practice this position. They played two scrims in which they were tackling. That's two scrim, two tackling sessions since the Orange Bowl. Now, I'm not trying to give him all these excuses, but I'm just trying to give a little bit of context to perhaps why he even feels that he needs to step it up. Yeah, and the team has said they don't want to make excuses. Bernie said it himself that he has none. Um but those, I mean, those are truly valid points. This is an adjustment for him. He's getting used to the role. They've been kind of building him towards this. He enrolled as a safety. 
Uh, he played safety and very early on moved to that star role, did a bit of a hybrid last year before, you know, he, he's really bulked up and you can see how big he is over time uh, to look like the mold of a linebacker. And here he is at this point. Um, now, at the same time, there are instances where he might need to get pulled if, they, if these things continue to happen. So we're going to want to see more from him in terms of his pursuit. Uh, he's over-pursued angles at times. Uh, he's been early to attack blocks, which ended up hurting him in the run game when it all is said and done. If he's just a bit more patient, a little bit more flat-footed to diagnose and key where he's going, he might make a run stop for a short gain, no gain, tackle for loss, and instead he's run into a blocking assignment and the running back just scoots right by him. Uh, there was the touchdown on the angle route to Kevin Harris for South Carolina this past week. Uh, we've gone back and we've watched it a couple of times, and he had eyes to Harris at first. It looked like he was reading his assignment in the backfield, but as soon as the ball was snapped, he gets his eyes outside to where it looks like they're running a cover two uh, against an X receiver that's all alone. They've got two guys that can take care of him on the outside, and yet Bernie still had his eyes out there and started running that direction, which totally opened up the middle of the field and made it the easiest angle route that Colin Hill could have thrown probably in his life. Yeah, you, you could really see it in the – it was almost as if – okay, so when I was watching it live, I immediately thought, okay, he just over-pursued because he thought he was running the flat, and then he didn't – he just completely missed the angle route, which is exactly what an angle route's supposed to do. It's supposed to make your linebacker over-pursue a little bit, cut inside real quick, and then boom, you, you're wide open. It's a touchdown, easy. You've seen that a million times in college, seen that a million times in every level of football. This one wasn't that play. He just was looking in the wrong spot. He was trying to cheat inside because he saw the the receiver go inside a little bit before he pushed it up the field, and that was it. He wasn't looking at his supposed assignment. Now, perhaps Bernie wasn't supposed to be assigned on that, but from what we saw, at least when we're watching the tape or watching the game, it looked as if there was bracket on the outside, Bernie's on the inside playing playing the running back or playing whatever comes into his zone and he just missed it. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of plays that you need to have made out from your linebacker, especially when it's crunch time and you don't want these guys to score. Mm-hmm. Now against South Carolina, the Gators had a pretty sizable lead. It wasn't as big of a deal as it would be against a Georgia and LSU. Maybe this year, a Texas A&M team that's coming in this week. So we're just going to have to find out and see if he can just keep getting better. Yeah, I'm with you. He um, He's a guy that, you know, he's shown flashes in the past. He's an instinctual coverage defender. Like I said, he played safety before. There were moments last year where he looked very twitchy coming down against the run, which made him encouraging as a star, encouraging as an early down uh, linebacker if he can key gaps uh, and you know, get through gaps and diagnose things and all that traffic. It clearly does seem to be a bit more of a mental thing when it's all said and done. He's He looks a bit lost in coverage. He is having these pursuit issues. So it's just going to take something clicking with him. But they're going to need to see it soon because, like you mentioned, it's a tough stretch coming up with Texas A&M, with LSU. A couple weeks after that, it'll be Georgia. If they're continuing to have these issues. We've seen that this defense is clearly doing a lot of preventative stuff. They faced a lot of dynamic slots. They don't want to let stuff get behind them, but in order to you know succeed with that, you need to have strong linebacker play, especially in coverage, and they're going to need Bernie to take a step up. 
Yep. They need some more. They need stronger eyes at the linebacker position. They need Ventrell Miller to continue doing what he's been doing. He's been one of the best players on their defense, in my opinion. Uh, they're going to need maybe some more James Houston. You saw him last week. He was able to come in on the blitz, get get a quick sack. He's able to pursue pretty well. It, it It's going to take some time. And I think that from what we've seen the past two weeks, obviously it's not been great. But when it's all said and done, we have seen some improvements. Bernie's one of the guys that's going to have to make those improvements. And he, he talked to us about it today. He's going to be working after every single day with Ventro Miller. He's already been doing that. He's going to be taking cues from James Houston. Both of those guys have played in a similar spot as him last year, especially Miller who played in his spot last year. So it's just going to be one of those things where he needs to continue to grow. And I guess we'll see. I guess you guys will see. I would just like to make it clear on this podcast that Chad Wilson, Marco Wilson's dad, uh, he and I are the founders of the James Houston the Fourth is a pass rusher fan club. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know if our listeners know this, but last year James Houston, according to pre, Pro Football Focus, rushed on 15 snaps as a blitzing linebacker, and he got pressures on 12 of them. And obviously, we were all talking about that blitz this past weekend where he blew up the running back and took down Colin Hill, a huge play. Uh, Chad and I would like to say that we want to see that a little bit more often, especially if Houston's going to see his snaps go up. If Bernie continues to struggle, Todd Grantham likes to blitz. We haven't seen it a ton, uh, at least effectively until later in the game, Demetrius and I were picking up on a little bit more frequency with it. But if you're going to do it, get James Houston into the backfield. 12 of 15, really? 12 of 15, according to PFF. And, see, I, and, now, and, it, and it made sense because I did not see him do it a ton, but every time he did it, I thought he should be doing this more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to have a guy getting 12 of 15 on pressures, I mean... It, Think of it like Roshan Joseph when he was here, and I don't know if he was a great blitzer. He was before my time, but I was scouting him during his senior year here um, as I was covering the Jaguars, and I do remember him being a guy that frequently was able to blow up gaps and get into the backfield, whether it was tackles for loss against the run or sacks. They would use him as kind of you know, a true gap-penetrating will, and that's something that I think Houston can do a really good job at. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be going back to the offense. We're going to be talking about the run game from the quotes that offensive coordinator Brian Johnson had for us tonight in his media availability. Hey, everyone. This is Zach Goodall, host of the Lockdown Gators podcast. You know, they say the most important thing about your workout is what you eat to supplement it. In order to up my protein and fiber with a low-calorie, low-sugar snack, I choose Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market, and they have six new flavors for you to try if you haven't already. My personal favorites are the Cookies and Cream and Cherry Barcia, with each packing 17 grams of protein. But you can't go wrong with 18 flavors to choose from. Built Bar is great if you're looking for a tasty treat while simultaneously maintaining or losing weight, and the Lockdown Podcast Network wants your taste buds to get familiar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, no space, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. I was just wondering your thoughts on where the running game is right now and if you think you have the potential to be real consistent in that uh, area of your game. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we've ran the ball fairly decently the first two weeks. Um, and, you know, and, and with us, it's it's really about run efficiency. Um, you know, and, and we want to be 55% run efficient, um, getting four yards or first down or a touchdown. And, uh, you know, I think the, the key component to that is just us having great vision in the backfield, but just finishing, sustaining blocks, um, you know, and finishing the play. And, uh, you know, I think we have uh, we've improved, obviously, from last year in that area, but, uh, you know, still, still got a ways to go. Brian Johnson and the word efficiency. I think that's probably his favorite word when it's all said and done because he said it a lot about Kyle Trask, and he was saying it tonight about the run game, among other things, of course, uh, in the times that we've gotten to talk to him throughout this offseason. But when we were talking about that, we were talking about it last night, that we want to see them using the run game more as they have the place to do it, like Damian Pierce getting the two carries in the third quarter. But Johnson alluded to the goals that the team has for running consistency. They want to get four yards a carry or a first down or a touchdown. They obviously think the key is having great vision, uh, finishing and sustaining blocks, but they want to be able to really run the ball effectively and efficiently and, you know, get these big plays like first downs and touchdowns. In my opinion, I think that means that you should be feeding the rock consistently to Damian Pierce. And I know it's early and we haven't seen a ton from either guy when it's all said and done, but right now, and I've been saying this dating back to last year about Pierce and Michael P. Ryan, I don't think Malik Davis should be taking away carries from Pierce. Much like I thought Pierce should have taken away carries from P. Ryan last year because Right now, through two games this season, Pierce is converting first downs on 39% of his carries. He's got seven on 18 carries. Last year, LaMichael P. Ryan converted 35 first downs on 132. That's 26.5% on the year. Granted, the run blocking wasn't as good, but 13%, that's that's a pretty big jump. And at the end of the day, it fits what Pierce does well. He's a powerful bruising back that can get those extra yards. I think 77 of 105... Uh, of his 105 total rushing yards this year have come after contact. So you talk about an efficient runner. You talk about a guy that's going to get you to your goals in the run game. I think Damian Pierce is very clearly your guy. Yeah, I mean, you saw it last week. It it seemed as though the Gators were doing pretty well. You guys all saw it. They They were running the football effectively on that first drive. Damian Pierce got the touchdown now, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach. Did was that the same drive where he he just knocked the guy's helmet off? I believe so. Yeah. So he 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 has plays like that where you're like, oh, there's Damien Pierce. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to see. And so when, like, when, when um, you look sorry, at sorry to interrupt you, but the Ole Miss game yeah. last week where it was the back to back to back to back carries, and he got 26 yards just to grind away at the clock, and they consistently got, had positive run plays after positive run plays based on their own grading scale. Yeah, exactly. So so if, if, if you're able to get positive gains out of your running back, you want to get him the football as often as you can, right? And also when you look at how much the Gators scored and where the score was entering the second half and then during the fourth quarter and the third quarter, you think that they would be running the football. And this is kind of the same issue I, I rose even today if we're going to go to a different league in the NFL with the Jaguars. They got away from their bell cow. Mm-hmm. The Gators did the same. So in, in the first half, Damian Pierce ran the ball six times. 
he had an effective run. He had a touchdown. In the second half, they gave him the ball three times. And, and that's and that's something that they cannot do when you're trying to put a game away. I understand what Dan Mullen was saying earlier. I think it was today. He said that, you know, sometimes teams just give you the look of where you need to pass the football. South Carolina was obviously giving them looks where it's like, okay, we can pass the football and here we go. But there's other times where you need to figure out a way to get your guy the ball so that you can sustain those drives. You don't have those three and outs. You don't have a potential situation where Kyle Trask is dropping back, throwing into double coverage, and getting picked off. Mm-hmm. And you can't run him only three times. And, yeah. that'll, and that'll get them the plays, and that'll get them the time of possession that they want as well. Just, you know, they obviously have those issues with turnovers, and it would help – a lot more if they didn't do those on the plus side of the field. But at the end of the day, they can also control it with the run game. We truly believe that this could be a much stronger run game, and it's not necessarily issues within it that are stopping it. It's just a hesitancy to call it at this point because of what they have in the passing game, which, you know, in most occasions is certainly fair. When you've got a Heisman caliber quarterback potentially in Kyle Trask, a uh, tight end that has Heisman odds, and like we were talking about earlier, the ability to spread it around, it all makes sense. There's just there's room to want a lot more out of this run game two games into the year. There's moments where you want them to run the football because that's what's being effective. You, you can't go into a game expecting your guys to just always pass the football. And, and I understand on the box score, it looks like they were pretty balanced, right? I think they, in total, like they ran the football. 29 to 22 or 20, something like that? 20, it was 29 passes, I think 22 or 24 um, attempts rushing the football. And Kyle Trask had six of those. So mm-hmm. <laughs> did they really run the football? And, and they were not all designed. I think I believe there was one one design run with him, and then the there, other, were the, there were obviously two op- he had two the option, fumble. Yeah, two option plays. One of them was the 19-yarder, and one was a fumble. Yeah, and, and he had the fumble, which uh, Brian Johnson straight up said today that it was a bad play. So Cardinal that just sin. shouldn't shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, Cardinalson, you, you can't you can't fumble the football. Uh, you have to protect the football as a quarterback, and then that's the things that Trask, you know, obviously will probably learn over time. Mm. Now, just run the football with Damian Pierce. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> you, and I think these are going to be the two games that we need to see it. Two ranked games back to back going against. Texas A&M at Kyle Field this upcoming weekend and LSU coming to the Swamp a week after. We're going to want to see them, you know, pound the rock. They're going to want to give it to Damian Pierce. And again, I don't want to knock Malik Davis. I love his comeback story and, you know, has had a solid start to the year. Had a good game against Ole Miss. Did not have a good game against South Carolina. Four carries for nine yards. That Those are the type of stat lines that make you say, he shouldn't be taking carries away from a guy that's at 5.8, has one negative rush on the year, and is consistently churning stuff out for this offense. Malik, get him the ball on third downs because he's got five catches for 46 yards and the second best uh, yards per catch of his career at 9.2. The best came when he only had three receptions in 2018 before he got hurt again. Um, you can really involve him as the third down back, get him catches and like a change of pace carry every now and then. But I think that there's truly different dynamics. You can go with these guys rather than having them complement each other in the run game. This just, this seems like it should be Damian Pierce's attack. Yep. It sure does. And, and, and you have to make sure that you are going to give Damian Pierce a breather, but 
if you're going to only going to run him nine times, how much of a breather does he really need? Mm-hmm. So just play him on the early downs. You, you don't play have him to on get the, cute with it, and you can you can make yeah. it an early down roll and Davis the late down roll. Yep, exactly. So you just play you you can play Malik on third downs. You have him go out there running some routes. You have given Kyle Trask another guy who can you know, catch the football out of the backfield. Now, obviously, another situation that coaches love to look at in terms of third down backs is can they pass block? Damian Pierce has shown that he can do that. Uh, Malik Davis will have to continue to show that he can do that in order to stay on the field. Mm-hmm. It's something that he said that he was definitely working on this offseason. The entire unit was working on it uh, with Greg Knox. As they looked to replace LaMichael P. Ryan, they knew it was something they were all going to have to step up in. And so far, it's seemingly so good, but we definitely will want to see more from Davis. And I think that should just about do it for today's episode. Tomorrow we're going, or I guess today, depend. I mean, we're going to have this up on Tuesday morning, but recording on Monday night. So on Tuesday, we're going to be talking to defensive coordinator Todd Grantham, and I would assume two defensive players, although we had Bernie tonight, so we'll see what happens. But regardless, probably be more of a defensive oriented episode with some quotes from those guys. So you won't want to miss it. Once again, I'm Zach Goodall. You can throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. Follow Demetrius at Demetrius82. But most importantly, go and follow the Locked On Gators handle at Locked On Gators. And subscribe to Locked On Gators just about anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And we'll catch you guys next time.